0: You know, in that last video I made, I had uh, somebody in the comment section tell me, I was playing with a shift knob the whole time. Somebody tell me that uh, nothing that I said mattered because I was moving around too much and it was distracting for them. And now it bothers me. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway. There was that
1: other one where you had the shift knob and the whole time you're
0: going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that for an entire video. I'm gonna talk about something super serious and just do this the whole time. <laughs> anyway wow hope that doesn't make it into the final cut <laughs> you ready do we even know what we're talking about <laughs> yeah i guess all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls this is a, welcome back to the s3 magazine podcast. that's terrible we're gonna start over all right welcome back to the s3 magazine podcast guys as always i'm mike i'm super annoyed but the guy who's visibly annoyed over there is jonathan woolley welcome back jonathan um yeah. what are we complaining about tonight
1: uh it's kind of like this man uh volkswagen came out with their gli it's a jetta gli the 40th anniversary edition because the original was 1984 and i was maybe a little bit harsh on it but you ever get in a situation where like something's been circling through your head anyway like like separately and then this this car dropped, and it, like, defined what I have been talking about, like, with my buddies on the mountain bike trail, so I kind of went hard on it, and I don't regret it, and I'm not sorry about it, because the car is flaccid, um, but anyway, uh, so Volkswagen released this 40th anniversary of the GLI, and it just sucks, man. It's, it's it's weird because it actually made me like the elantra and it had nothing to do with it but i was just like you know what the elantra like at least the Hyundai guys are trying and i appreciate that they're trying i think that they're they believe that they've made a better car i think that volkswagen here is phoning it in man you look at the design on this thing and it is shapeless it is soulless it has no character, and that's not what the Volkswagen of 40 years ago, or even 30 years ago, or even 20 years ago was about. Um, they have, they're phoning in an anniversary edition, and Volkswagen has such a loyal fan base, a diehard fan base, and they deserve better. You know, like, it's just, and and, and so that's how I feel about that car, Um And what I had been thinking about on, like, my mountain bike ride with my buddies just chatting about is, like, automotive design is dead. And, I mean, that's a, a broad statement, but I think we can all kind of agree that generally automotive design is, like, in the toilet. And it's efficiency that's killed it, right? Like, we have become so obsessed and consumed with efficiency and this climate change stuff and and sustainability and all of these keywords and we talk about it all the time but i think that some of the younger generation they were born into this bullshit they came into they they came of age like in the midst of all of this efficiency bullshit and it is bullshit and look, to play devil's advocate, I'm not against efficiency. I think it has a place in the market, absolutely. What I am against is every car being so efficient that it compromises every other aspect of a car. Any other driving dynamic, anything like that, design. I mean, we have we have chased down efficiency in our design to the point where every car looks the same every sedan looks the same as all the other ones every crossover looks the same as all the other ones and it's all because it's an efficient design well like fuck efficiency man like i will give up a couple miles per gallon to have something with soul and character with some actual design expression that's just me i know that some people that don't give a rat's ass about cars They want the most efficient thing, and they don't care what it looks like. They can lose their car in the parking lot. They don't give a shit. Make cars for them, but not at the expense of us, not at the expense of the enthusiasts. Nine out of ten car companies have turned their back on the enthusiasts. And again, to cap it off before I hand it over to you, it is because of efficiency. We're so brainwashed with fucking efficiency that we have let it ruin the automotive industry.
0: And a lot of that is legislated in, into place. And it's not just efficiency that's causing all these crap designs. It's also safety and comfort. I mean, the fact is because they have to be, well, I think about how many sensors and the extra airbags and all the extra fluff and, and guarding and shielding and crap that has to be in there on every single car in the name of safety. And think about how much expense and how much weight that adds to every single vehicle. On top of that, you have comfort. So, so now I mean it's hot outside. And back in the day, back in the, the 80s and the, the 90s, like it being hot outside wasn't that big of a deal. You'd throw your convertible top down or take off your T-tops or your target top, and you'd go on about your life with your awesome sunglasses on, just being a badass well now nobody lives their life like that it's windows up ac on full blast with your with your seat coolers on and everything else and because of that because of those comfort features which are again a drain and expensive and and really heavy you can't have the cool things in life because it's well you get this but we take away this now and i think that if you whenever you take into account safety efficiency and comfort And you have to check all these certain boxes of the massive infotainment system and a badass AC and uh, a car that drives itself. And when it hits bumps, you don't feel anything because the suspension is so freaking dead. Um, Whenever you take into all that into account, there's just certain things that they can't do anymore. And all the things that they can't do anymore are all the things that made cars awesome. And we just don't have that anymore.
1: Yeah, but I think there's more of a malicious intent to it. Like, all right, so the government has absolutely tied everybody's hands with over-legislation, and that is a separate issue that has to get handled. Um, but, you know, you've got you've got the government coming in saying, oh, well, your bumper has to be this high, and your crumple zone has to be like this, and you have to have 47 airbags in the thing, but airbags can also kill kids. So uh, it's, it's asinine. But, see, it's like you said the word safety efficiency sustainability and technology has has paralyzed us man because i think that these companies are using that the manufacturers as an excuse now to control cars planned obsolescence that kind of a thing um i was talking to a close buddy of mine that runs a a, a porsche exclusively porsche kind of race shop and he was saying, Grant, he only works on portions, and he said he will not touch 2015 and up. He said it is ridiculous, this hand bus stuff. He, there, there is no reason why the hazards should have to run through the engine's ECU, but that's the way it's all going now. And he was like, it, it's it's stupid. It's not the best way to build a car. Um, it, 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 you know, it makes the car more unreliable. It's planned obsolescence. They're trying to, uh, eliminate your ability to work on the car. Even the dealer's ability to work on the car, uh, cars come in now with minor accidents and they're fucked, you know, and, 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 and it's just, I think that the automotive industry has, has kind of, figured this out and gone, you know what? Like, we can use this technology. We'll sell it to the people as efficiency and as as the future and sustainability. But really, we're just removing their ability to work on this car. We're, we're you know, tying their hands down. Uh, we're going to make sure that they have to buy a new car when we say that it's time. And that's kind of what's going on as far as that goes.
0: Um, I Yeah, I mean, it's you, all So it's also a very blatantly obvious thing that as far as our government goes, one thing that they're really trying to do right now is to kill that big American freedom-loving, what am I trying to say here? The the, the fact that we love cars so much, the Mm. love and joy that cars bring, they want you to see it as a tool and appliance to get you from A to B. If you have people out there that love shifting their own gears and, you know, driving all through traffic and and controlling the vehicle the way that they want to, well then you can't do autonomous driving. You know, and I mean, that's what they want to happen is autonomous driving. So they got to get us disinterested and out of the damn way to be honest.
1: Yeah, the bottom line is they want to control the population and you can't control cars. You know what I mean? Like up until about this point in history, cars were freedom, man. You could go anywhere. You could go across the country. You could go in a lake. You know what I mean? Like the car would do whatever the driver's input was. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can't control the people in a situation like that. So you have to, over a generation, break down the love affair with the car. And we see them doing it. And I'm not trying to like get political or anything like that but it's it's they're emasculating america it's the whole like yeah have you noticed i've noticed on social media we are getting mocked for even driving a stick shift now people are like oh you're driving a stick shift i guess you're compensating for something it's like the are you kidding me like really we're gonna try and it's it they've turned it's turning into a bully situation and and I know that this is the age of the geek and that the geeks, generally speaking, are trying to get back at all the jocks for pulling their underwear over their head. But I wasn't that guy. And you guys are becoming the bully. You're bullying people that mean you no harm, that just want to enjoy their life. You know, and I know that that, <coughs> that goes way off topic from a Jetta, you know, GLI, but like It just, there was something about this car that exemplified the way that Volkswagen has absolutely lost their roots. I mean, 20 years ago, they were making commercials. Remember the Unpimp Z-Auto commercials where the guy was, you know, making fun of, uh, of tuners, of us, that were putting big wings on our car and stuff like that. Every car commercial that I remember seeing from Volkswagen, it was centered around driving, Soulful driving, the enjoyment of driving. It was the GTI. When's the last time you seen a GTI
0: commercial? Nope. Tiguan's at best. I mean, Volkswagens—they—they—they've they've gone to that bland, boring. Like at least the cars looked cool, but like their paint scheme has been horribly boring for about ten plus years now. Let's not forget, man. This is the brand that like brought the Harlequin. You know. Mm-hmm. Now nothing. I mean, I mean
1: it, it's it's nothing. It's across the board. It's global. It's just they've settled. They've just absolutely they're they're appeasing investors. But you know what? I was reading an article that BYD, if you haven't heard of them, you absolutely should, because they're a Chinese car company funded by Warren Buffett, and they're coming for us. And in China, they have taken over the number one spot. It used to be Volkswagen. You know, now it's BYD. And this year they have widened that gap. They're running away from Volkswagen. So Volkswagen is losing over there. Their cars globally are reflecting their Chinese market. That's why our cars, their cars are looking boring because they're making cars for the Chinese market. And so they're losing there and they're losing us here. They're losing. Volkswagen was always a car company for people that kind of cared a little bit extra about their cars. And, and now it is a car company for sign and drive. It's just not, it is not special. The only special thing they got going is the GTI and the Golf R. Yeah. I guess you can say that for a lot of companies. Look at Honda. The only thing they got going is the type R, you know, yeah. they, car companies have turned to one, one, one model, you know, showcases at best and the rest is CUVs and crossovers. And it's, it's, it's awful, man. And it is. It, oh, it's crazy how fast this has happened. And um, it, I think it's too late. But let's just say if it doesn't go unchecked fast, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they are going to lose the loyal fan base. And the loyal fan base is what always drives the, you know, the attitude of a company or whatever. And once you lose that, you're whirlpool. You know, you're GE. You're a freaking washer and a dryer. Just call it what it is. It's the most frustrating thing that we're watching this happen.
0: Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. And then after that, we're going to jump into another thing that I think is causing this. The cars that you and I fell in love with, which are imports from the late 80s all through the 90s and the early 2000s. Most of those were kind of a little econo shit boxes that didn't look great either. Um, But our parents handed them down to us, and the aftermarket was massive. And the cars, even though they didn't look great stock, they had potential, okay? You Mm -hmm. drop, put some nice wheels on them. There were body kits galore, neon lights, all the shit, right? Um, You think there's any chance of something like that happening here? Maybe they're just going back to boring, bland cars and maybe hoping we will save the day and do something with it? Or... Um, Not with current automotive design. In
1: the 80s and 90s, the cars were bland. We can call them bland. We can call them boring. But they had shape. There was a shape there, a style, a character, a silhouette. In the 80s, it was angles. Angles pop up, T-tops, stuff like that. In the 90s, it was curves. You can work with that. But what you have now is water. It's, yeah, it's it's a shapeless thing. And the only thing that these uncreative people can do that are designing, and I'm not ripping on car designers, their hands are tied. But, like, for some reason, the control groups or whatever it is, has said, well, if you just put the world's ugliest fucking grill and headlights on it, that'll reel them in, you know, and then you grab them with the infotainment. The rest of the car can look like absolute melted butter, you know, and it's... It, 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 so no, I think that yes, if you're a young person and you don't know any better and you haven't been on the planet and you hadn't had your keys and your license long enough to know how it was, then I guess you think, well, yeah, what's wrong with this Jetta GLI? You know, like. But if you've been around for like a couple generations of Jetta's and stuff like that, like you know how they were. You know that they had character, just oozing. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. I do think it's a separate, I think that we as consumers now have gotten way too bougie about the car having to be perfect. Uh, We used to just take what we could get. Then again, what we could get was 15 grand. You know what I mean? Like we were buying $15,000 cars. We weren't that picky. Uh, now we want every car to have Recaros and Brembo's and 300 plus horsepower factory and turbos and, and all this stuff. And we bitch if it's not there. Well, yeah, that's running the price of cars up. I wouldn't mind. that. That's the one thing I got to say about this Jetta GLI. <clears throat> it's probably a lie. But they're saying that the 40th anniversary is going to be priced let's call it 28.5 for the manual transmission so it's good that it's 28.5 it's great that there's a manual transmission and the alternative is a twin clutch i can't hate on a true twin clutch it's still relatively fun to drive i mean me and you are always going to like three pedals and we're always going to look in a sports car with two pedals and say that guy's probably a bitch and god's probably agrees with us (laughs) sorry that's the truth of it um but I will say that a twin clutch is fun to drive at least some of the time when you flip it over in a manual. Um, I have a problem with the $28,000, though, because I went on their site, on Volkswagen site, Volkswagen North America, and the regular non-40th anniversary GLI is like 31.5. So explain to me how the 40th anniversary is going to be twenty-eight dollars It's not. It's another freaking white lie told yep. by manufacturers about what the price is going to be. And then we find out that it's five to $10,000 more before dealer markups. You know, I think people are tired of that. And that's a whole other subject. Um, but yeah, I mean, the only thing that's really different, uh, that, like I said, they phoned it in. They stuck some 40th anniversary, you know, trinkets on the car and the cup holders. It says like 1984. The seats have a pretty cool design. So <clears throat> kudos for that. But the interior seems to have a little bit of chintzy red. It's not like good red. First of all, the the red thing. I know Volkswagen with the GTIs kind of started all of that, and now everybody's doing it from Subaru to Hyundai to Honda with the Type R. But um the particular way that they use the red on this car just irked me. It looks cheap. It looks like something that somebody did at home or at Pep Boys or something like that. Um, I don't know, man. I think, in it, it, see, we were just riding high up until 2008, right? I've been thinking about this. Like, I mean, yes, all these car companies, specifically the the Japanese ones, were going after efficiency, and they made very efficient cars that were getting better gas mileage than we're getting today, by the way, um, and doing it naturally. Um, but. Most people didn't give a shit about efficiency, really, you know, and then in 2008, gas went up and simultaneously the economy absolutely crashed. And all of a sudden, everybody was freaking out about gas and gas mileage. I remember being there. We were all trying to hyper mileage our cars. We were concerned about being able to afford it or if we're going to be able to get it. And it, it it kind of turned on a little light switch. In people's minds, to where, like, oh man, like, I want a more efficient car. And somehow, that is absolutely just, that's a good thing in and of itself. Like I said, like, we should be looking at efficiency, but we should not let efficiency be a cancer that has spread over the entire automotive culture. I mean, we are at a point where they're trying to tell us that a 9,000 pound Hummer is efficient and sustainable it is a downright lie but the point is even on that far end of the spectrum of total inefficiency they're trying to say it's efficient like is it like i said it's spread it's become an absolute cancer we have to somehow shed it we have to it doesn't mean that we don't care about the earth it means have some fucking balance in the automotive industry
0: yeah speaking of evs i think that that might be a big contributing factor to what is happening here as well i think that what we're seeing right now is the bottleneck that happens whenever you have to essentially take your resources and cut them in half between Mm -hmm. your internal combustion engine lineup and your ev lineup because before all that money was being funneled into one place one room full of designers just building the gas-powered vehicles, where now they're having to do all this R&D to figure out how to make EVs work properly and design them while also still doing the gas-powered cars. And I think that the gas-powered cars have just become an absolute afterthought. I think everybody is just freaking, you know, pants on fire, full-fledged, all the way forward going EV because that is the future that's what everybody's saying they're rub- they're slamming it down your throat the governments are putting billions and billions and billions of dollars behind it there's no stopping this train at this point right now so why would they put any money into R&D in the gas powered vehicles you see it with the new Mustang the new S650 that's just an mm-hmm. S550 with different headlights like yeah it, it's it's literally the exact same thing
1: yeah, yeah well and that's the cliff that the automotive industry is driving right off of right now. They've 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 told us that EV is the future. They've told us that they're going all EV by let's just call it 2030. Mm-hmm. And then they're saying, but by the way, don't you want this new internal combustion car? No. Not then really. You're telling us that's the future, and then you're trying to sell us this old stock bullshit with some red accents on it. No, I don't I don't want that. And so guys are heading for a straight up disaster. And I don't know if we talked about this on video or if we just wrote an article. I think you did a video, right? Like the EVs are starting to pile up on dealership lots. And I think we're finding out. See, there wasn't wasn't stock. There wasn't inventory on EVs. And so they kept telling us all the demand that was there for EVs and how everybody just couldn't wait to buy one. And and some people did. We went from about, what, three or four percent of EVs on the road to about seven percent. And now we've kind of hit a wall. So, like, we can arguably say 10 percent of the American population is kind of open to it. Right. Like if you get the price right, you make it make sense, they're going to do it. That leaves 90 percent that you've got to win over. We can say at least 50 percent of that 90 percent want nothing to do with it. Look yeah. at what people are buying. Even if you have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a car right now, most people are buying big, extravagant, three-row SUVs or luxury trucks or fucking raptors or TRXs. Like at least in our region, that's what's going down. If you're, you know, out there in California, I'm sure it might be a different story. But California is one state, you know, like it it's so I think they're realizing, oh, oh shit. Like we've done said that 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 evs are the future the population disagrees with us it's just like hollywood it's just like disney it's just like bud light it's just like target i don't care what side of that fence you're on the evidence says you need to know your customer and these people don't know their customer they're 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 so far disconnected and that's what i can't figure out how that happens how can you be so disconnected from your customer unless you don't know shit about the industry that you are running. That's the only explanation here. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I see this as as being a big, ugly mess that we are going to really enjoy reporting on when it all starts to hit the fan. And it's kind of starting, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of what's happening here. I think that automotive manufacturers in general have kind of lost that art of introducing a new vehicle like how many times have we seen them come out with a pretty cool new idea for a vehicle that we would be interested in and then they only take it nine tenths of the way they don't give us exactly what they want they, they overprice it they don't market it properly and it doesn't sell and they just go see i knew nobody wanted to buy this thing it was a bad idea and they kill it after two years they, they, they've lost that art of like this is going to be a flagship car. We're going to price it properly. We're going to give the people everything that they want. It's going to be perfect. Now go sell a million of them. That doesn't happen anymore. They're still doing that with the old flagships because they can't create a new one. They, they've lost that 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 beautiful. It, it's a lot like it's a lot like opening uh, a nice restaurant. You know, when you do it, you want to do kind of a soft opening. See how people like it give them the perfect experience. So they can give you the feedback of how they really feel about it, right? And then once you fix all the glitches, cause there's gonna be problems. You can't just do a hard opening and go, this is it because it's always gonna be shitty in some way, right? So you mm. do the opening with family and friends and people that you really, really trust. And you take the criticism, you take the criticism to heart and you fix that shit, right? And then you go do your hard opening and they're not doing that anymore. They, they're, they're, they have lost that art completely. And because of that, they're just flailing constantly. And this is another problem that you and I spoke about recently. It's, it's the same thing, man. The CEOs of these companies are no longer the people who built the company. It's no longer the smartest guy or girl at the company who built the first product and has had you know eyes and hands on every single thing that's been made. It's a suit that was replaced by another suit that's been replaced by another suit who got bought out and replaced by another freaking suit. It's a person who is so far removed that all they are is at the end of the day, a glorified manager or accountant who just happened to climb the ladder better than anybody else. It's not somebody who knows how to make cars or even sell cars, certainly not design cars. That's what we're dealing with right now. And that's why this is all going to shit. Because I hate to say it, these guys just don't know what the hell they're doing. They might yeah. be car enthusiasts in a way, but they're not the right person for the job.
1: No, not at all. Hey, look, here's how it goes. The, the car manufacturers are the professionals. They should be the most professional people when it comes to cars. Like you said, they're not. They should make a car that is good, and then they should market that car and explain why the people need it. Right. You create the need. But let's just take the, the situation of the, the sports sedan, because that's what we can call this GLI as a sports sedan. They go, well, that segment's dead. Well, because you guys have made shitty ones for over a decade with automatic transmissions that look like melted butter while making and marketing SUVs and crossovers and telling everybody that that's what everybody likes. Of course, it's dead, you let it die. It would be like Ford making the 1965 Mustang and then not marketing it and going, huh, well, I didn't know we bought it. No, you market it as sexy, as youthful, as you know all of these things, and then people become drawn to it. That's where they fail. And in the case of this Jetta, it just exemplifies <clears throat> at the end of the day this is a problem with authenticity. It's it's not there. Technology has killed authenticity. I was making fun of my buddy who I love, but I was making fun of him, my mountain bike buddy. I was like, "Look at you. You're riding an e-bike. Like that is the most unauthentic experience that you can have out here. You are literally cheating." yourself. <laughs> you know, like, while wow, pissing me off. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just you. Why are you out here? You're missing the point entirely of what this is about. And you don't care because it's it makes it easier on you. You're more comfortable. Right. And I was like, and then you're going to go put it in your one hundred thousand dollar Rivian. And you tell me, yeah, it's fast as shit, but it's not authentic. Off- authentically fast. You're missing the point. You have used a cheat code to take all of the interaction out of the experience and then just say, no, it's fast. You know, and I mean, I think that that's what the entire, it's not just the automotive industry. It's 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 technology has allowed us to be just half-assed and lazy and, and apt. What's the word? Apathetic? Just not caring about much of anything. Like, we're always going to take the easier way out. And technology has given that to us. And it's fucking the whole world up. We need to be going to our local grocery store. But we're not. We're getting HelloFresh or Instacart. or No, Instacart's local grocery store. We need to be going to our local Blockbuster where the teenagers work so they can make money to modify their freaking cars that are sitting outside. But we're not. Because we just subscribe to Netflix, which, by the way, takes money out of your wallet every month and keeps you from being able to buy a car. Like, you know, like we're always taking. Just the laziest, most convenient route. It's exemplified in our cars and we're just. Cheating ourselves out of the real life experience—the riding the bike in the woods and connecting with it, you know—the driving the real car and connecting with it—all of this stuff—we're just cheating ourselves, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, 100%. It's it's kind of a sad society that we that we live in. Like, automation and technology is great, but you can absolutely take it too far. It is human nature to basically always take. Convenience, right? Even if it means you lose a little bit of yourself in the process, it's human nature. Just like that's more convenient. I want it. It's easier and more convenient. My life is easier now. So we're going to go with it. And I feel like we've just kind of crested that hill. We hit maximum true, if true needed efficiency. And now we're just kind of going completely backwards. We're, we're, we're all going downhill now because, like, yeah, we. we it, <laughs> This reminds me of that movie, uh, what is it, Wally, where everybody's just totally freaking worthless, and they ride around in those stupid little scooters all all the time in the space. <laughs> it just does everything for them. That that's what this reminds me of. And I don't know about you guys, but that's a horrible existence. I want no part of that. I like working out. I like doing things with my hands. I like fixing things. I like building things. I like being a human and doing human things. I don't have to have a computer do everything for me. That's bullshit. I can do it myself.
1: Yeah, And, and I guess to bring it around full circle, man, technology could have been implemented in the cars in so much of a cooler way, but we didn't do that. We implemented it in the most dorky, uninspiring ways ever. Efficiency. You know what I mean? Like autonomy. Like, it, it could have been so much better, and, and they've just biffed it. And you know what? Until manufacturers get it right, don't fucking support them. You know what I mean? Like, you guys, it, I get it. We're all going to take that lazy, convenient route when it's things that we're not passionate about. <clears throat> but if it's something that you're passionate about, and if cars and driving and that experience is something that you're passionate about, you need to take a stand. Yeah, I mean, I, you need to look at a car like the Jetta GLI and go, that is shit. You know, get your shit together, build a car with some fucking character, and, and that inspires me. I'm not going to settle for that that comes with a $500 a month car payment. Like, it's unacceptable.
0: Way it's, more than that. Come on now. <laughs> I mean— going to get up there.
1: It, it's just flat out unacceptable. Like, do better— volkswagen and everybody else it's not just volkswagen you guys just happen to launch the right car at the wrong time for jonathan woolley over here <laughs> but, but anyway i mean i guess that that's that's enough to think about for right now right
0: yeah i think we pretty much nailed that, that time. all right you want to close this out uh yeah guys Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Please, if you haven't done it yet, download our app. Just go to your app store. It's on Apple or Android. Type in S3 Magazine. Magazine, magazine. holy shit. Magazine. Uh, Click download and we'll love you forever. I promise. All right. Good night, guys. Long time.